Hello and welcome to another episode of the Views from the Holgate podcast. My name's Don Brown and welcome into this podcast. It's been a while since our last one uh, and a lot's changed in the landscape of football and the landscape of the world as well. Obviously, our last podcast happening end of last year. We were looking ahead to the QPR match, which we drew 2-2 in the end. And then, obviously, Middlesbrough went on that run in December, which uh, turned the se- looked like it was going to turn the season around. And then went on another run uh, of the opposite fortunes, uh, January through to the last game we played against Charlton in, in February. So it's it's been an ups and down for Middlesbrough, but obviously it's been rather down recently for fans of football, with the f- football being postponed until June the 1st. It looks like it's going to be at the earliest now. There was a statement saying April the 30th, but it looks like it's going to be longer with everybody having to self-isolate and quarantine themselves. I'm currently self-isolating with my three dogs, so apologies if they bark anywhere throughout it. But we're going to soldier on now and talk about the football we can do. Uh, at this moment in time with not a lot really happening in the world of football but as we look back to our most recent game against Charlton I'm going to have a look at what the table might have been like and what the feelings might have been like among Middlesbrough fans if that game had gone any differently or the result had gone differently and have a look at if the season was to end uh, now because it looks like football is going to be on the horizon they're going to extend the season indefinitely but if the season was to end now how would we view it as a whole and then maybe a bit about transfers, what Middlesbrough could do going forward and what will happen if Middlesbrough are going to have to play without their uh, stars that are running out of contracts at the end of this season. But as we say, start off, our most recent game was Charlton. We won 1-0. And if after that game had finished, after I was stressing out in the last few minutes if we would concede or we'd hold on to the 1-0 lead, it was. It would be unthinkable that that would be the last, part, last uh, footballing action we'd experience for this long. It's been... It's been a few weeks now and there's there's multiple more on the horizon, it looks like. So could be without football until the summer months. And just how important that win looks now. So obviously Middlesbrough won 1-0 against Charlton at the Valley. Paddy McNair scored that goal that was assisted by Rudy Gisted. Borough could have had a few more as well if uh, Tavernier could have put his shots on target. Lewis Wing had a chance as well. So you just think maybe Middlesbrough could have actually done more with that game going on to win it by a few a few, uh, few, more goals but like we say a win is a win and it's a very important win because as we're looking at it now Middlesbrough sit in 19th place of the table on 40, 41 points ahead of Wigan and Hull on goal difference but if that game hadn't gone that way if we'd ended up losing that game you'd have had us still in the bottom three and even if we'd have drawn we'd still have been in the bottom three on 39 points so you just think how important that win was because if we'd been sat here with the prospect of the season ending with Borough in the relegation spots you could have had us playing in League 1 next season and obviously Middlesbrough fans I, this happened in the year I was born 1997 my, my, I've been right be told by my father and other fans of Middlesbrough I've seen how how in 1997 as my dog comes and joins me to listen to the story in 1997 uh, Middlesbrough obviously deducted three points for not playing uh, their full matches and this would have been even worse than that, maybe. So Middlesbrough get relegated uh, <laughs> on 38 or 39 points. 38 points if we lost. Uh, with fifth, was it 14 games after the season, 15 games left? We, we, we've got our fit, we have our fit players coming back, supposedly. Patrick Roberts could have maybe played against Charlton, but he was rested because I thought, oh, we'll play him in the upcoming games, which have obviously not happened. I've just got Daniel Ayala and Dale Fry who are looking to come back to fitness as well. And if Middlesbrough have been relegated based off that, I think they've been uproar. Obviously, Steve Gibson not very happy at the EFL earlier on this season. It'll be for very different reasons at the moment. But 
I think if so, if we just say, okay, this is the last of the season we're going to see, how will this season be looked back upon? So I think obviously recent years, we've had quite disappointing seasons since the Premier League season. They've all been or ended with disappointment. Obviously, relegation was terrible, and then you look back on the Gary Monk slash Tony Pulis first year missing out on the playoffs, uh, not really putting up a fight against Aston Villa. Really, that was just that was very disappointing and disheartening. In last season, missing out on the playoffs on the last day of the season, uh, beating Rotherham but not being able to, not being able to play in the playoffs was again disappointing. Saw the end of Pulis, but and I think coming into this season, you could say that the hierarchy at Middlesbrough. And maybe even some of the fans, we were a bit complacent about how hard this league was. So we were complacent thinking, oh, we've got this season uh, to rebuild and restructure on the fly. So all we have to do is be competitive. We've got good players, we can do that. And then uh, we can progress on in the seasons to come. But we, we took this, it looks like the, the, the backroom staff, especially not backroom staff, sorry, the hierarchy, in appointing a very exper- inexperienced backroom staff with Robbie Keane, Danny Coyne, Leo Perkovic, it, alongside Johnny Woodgate. It looked to be very short-sighted and not not seeing that, that the championship is a, a league where you can be in the Premier League with Huddersfield and Stoke and then you can be battling at the bottom end of the, sea, end of the table in the seasons to come. I think it was quite short-sighted. Obviously, I know we wanted to appoint Steve Round, but we we didn't know. We didn't know how, although we didn't seem to realise how hard it would be to play this season with the squad we had. We only made three signings, and we thought, "Oh, that's enough to rebuild the squad." Because when Tony Pulis left, realistically, we were only in games. We finished that high up because we were so rigid defensively, and we were so stout in terms of not being able to concede goals. The fact we couldn't score goals wasn't really a problem. Tony Pulis was on BBC Five Live recently, saying how he, his team has had attacking talent. Uh, he had Fletcher. I can't remember how, but he mispronounced Sombalonga's name very badly. Can't remember what he said now, but he was saying how he has those players there, and the problem was put, was putting the ball in the back of the net. It wasn't creating chances; it was putting the ball in the back of the net. But a point I made before, and you can have a look back on the Views from Holgate website to see what what was said at the time. But there was. There was plenty of problems back then because yes, Middlesbrough were creating chances, but it was rubbish chances. Really, like Sombolonga wasn't getting the ball properly to him. Uh, Fletcher obviously wasn't. Fletcher's had a turnaround this season where he's played well, played a lot better. And Hugo obviously played there. He had a few chances, but he, he didn't. He wasn't given a long enough run in the team to be given a chance, probably. And then, and then alongside that, he doesn't have the attacking talent, which is the problem with what we have now. Jonathan Woodgate did really well in January. He he brought in Patrick Roberts, who obviously after only playing a few games, you can see his talent. But unfortunately, the injury is probably why he's he's able to come to a team like us. If if he was fit, if if he was able to play uh, the majority of games in the season, if he, was, if he was able to play forty championship games a season, if he was able to play thirty Premier League games a season, he'd be playing at a top team uh, more consistently. Maybe not at Manchester City yet, but he'd be. He has he seemed to have the quality on the ball. And the um, composure and persistency you need to to play at the top level, but Middlesbrough in the uh, in the summer window just gone, only making three signings, four if you include the return of Mejias, was just very very short sighted. I think it was thinking, oh, we can sign these three players from League One who are possibly going to be good for the future, uh, and that will solve all our problems. Signing one winger 
is going to solve all our problems with Marcus Brown, a £300,000 winger who, who did okay in League One last year. He's, he's an exciting player, as you see. He, he he's, has the most uh, goals and assists of any player uh, from January or February the 1st onwards. So I think, obviously, they, are, they, were, they were bought to be signings for the future, but the problem was Middlesbrough's team needed sorting out now. <laughs> need to sort out previously, but need sorting out now. And I think just the idea of oh, you've got you've got strikers there, you've got Gisted who's come on and done okay recently. You've got Sombolanga and Fletcher up there. We are you're able to score goals. You need the supply line and the service is is really really needed. It. Uh, I try to think of an an, an I can't say this an analogy. So a little story, a little tale for this one. And the analogy I came up with was. Okay, you can have you can have a nice yacht. You've paid hundred thousand pounds for a yacht. You've got you've got it sitting there, but you you live in Grove Hill. If you live in Grove Hill, or you live in anywhere near the middle of Middlesbrough, then you're not gonna have access to your yacht, are you? Or even if you lived in Redcar, it's like oh, it's lovely that. What where's my yacht gonna be? <laughs> so it's almost like you've got something amazing, but you've got no way of getting to it. Which is almost like you've got great strikers, but you've got no way of getting the ball to them. And and that's why the emergence of some young talent this year, like Coulson and Spence, have been so important because Middlesbrough stumbled upon these these guys. Coulson, Coulson had played, he's played as many games for Middlesbrough fifteen as he played for Cambridge on loan last season, which was fourteen, and he wasn't really used there. And even this season, he's not been played in his his uh, most effective position because we saw it against Charlton. And uh, the game previous to that, that that Coulson was able to get down that left hand side, uh, and cause cause some havoc in the defence. Like to do the team's defence, he's got pace. He can stop on a dime. He's good going inside and outside. He likes to attack the inside uh, of the defenders as well as going around them and putting balls into the box. And we almost stumbled upon him, and now he's he's been linked for ten million pounds to Newcastle, and he's arguably n- number one, if not one A, alongside Johnny Howson. Number one candidate for Boris Player of the Year. He's probably going to win Young Player of the Year if you give Johnny Housen the Player of the Player of the Year if the season were to end now. But it's just you didn't expect that to happen, and Woodgate didn't. Woodgate wanted to bring him in to compete for a space alongside Friend. He said recently in an interview with the Gazette, but he didn't expect him to be one of the best players. And it's we've almost stumbled into having them there, which is obviously great to have an academy which can kind of produce these kind of players. But you need to be sure that you can sustain a good team and not just go in hoping go into a season hoping or I hope that this guy will progress you need to be okay we have players X and players Y who can score the goals we have players Z who can create the goals from midfield and score because midfield goals they've improved this season with Middlesbrough having a few goal uh, golden contributions from Lewis Wing and Paddy McNair but overall contributions need to be uh, a lot more so Middlesbrough have struggled recently, a lot recently for goals from midfield if you think back to the years Middlesbrough got promoted yeah we, we, when we got promoted we brought in Jordan Rhodes to score some goals from us but he didn't really do that Nugent was there he scored a few goals as well Kike scored them in that season we got promoted before he left he had Adolma Stuani and Downing uh, trying to nip him with the goals as well but from defensive midfield you didn't really have anybody else so Clayton who's still here scored one goal in the whole time being at the club, you've got we had Ledbitter. He was in the squad of Farshaw as well, who who didn't contribute as much to goals in that season. 
obviously uh, Lidbit had that great season previously that year before where he scored all the penalties and scored upwards of 10 goals it was definitely double figures uh, that season uh, and it, you think we need somebody like that, like Ledbit was there maybe not necessarily taking the penalties but somebody who can hit the ball from outside the box give, someone, give them something to think about and just so we can mix it up a little bit so that if Asamba Longa misses his goals or misses his uh, attempts on target that okay that's it's not the end of the world but it feels like if definitely recent years under Tony Pulis when Asamba Longa missed a sitter it was oh it, everybody would get annoyed they would doubly get annoyed because Asamba Longa was prone to missing these chances but it would also be oh there goes our only good chance of the game and we've missed it and you had to feel I felt for Asamba Longa really because he would only get this one or two chances a game, whereas if you're playing, I know that Leeds United are berating Patrick Bamford for the way he's been playing recently, or maybe not recently, but when football was on, they were berating him for when he, the way he was playing, but he was getting more chances, and yes, he was missing more of them, but I think the problem was we, we weren't giving chances to our players before. and We were creating more chances in December, I think, when we played the attacking uh, the one striker and we, when we had to play I think it was Tavernier and Johnson our wing in behind the striker we reverted to that more against Charlton which I think seems to be our kind of system where we can have our attacking players uh, we can have two attacking players behind the striker and let them roam forward so uh, if that has to go into next season now if we have to push the season off that could be something to look at maybe then, then I think in general the positives have been the fact that we have some good young players coming through, but it's not good enough to, to finish where we have in the league this season. If you came, if we came into this season and said, OK, uh, Woodgate's there, you, you'll have a good month, but you'll only win five other games apart from the four you'll win. So you'll win four in December in one month, but you'll win five games for the other months in the season. And I think unless, unless uh, Woodgate was going to get a similar kind of performance out of his players towards the end of the season. You probably you probably were gonna see Middlesbrough finish on on about twelve twelve to fourteen wins this season, which is not is not gonna get you finishing anywhere near the top half of the table. And uh, in a in a tweet I put out before I was saying about how Middlesbrough's uh, we've drawn the like the most games this season and I think over half of so we do fourteen games a season and eight of them in eight of the games, there were games goals we conceded to make it a draw occurred uh, on or after the 75th minute. So eight of those games, that's 16 points you've missed out on. If Borough had 16 more points, you'd be challenging for the playoffs or at least comfortable in mid-table. So it's it's those fine margins that seem to be missing from Tony... Uh, Tony Wilson, Tony Woodgate, jo- Johnny Woodgate, Jonathan Woodgate... Uh, his he just didn't seem to lack the team this season. Didn't seem to have the didn't seem to have the concentration towards the end of the games to see it out. <coughs> see it out. Uh, the just the it was almost inexperienced. Obviously, we're going to be inexperienced when we have young players like Coulson and Spence playing. But you've got old heads like like Ayala when he was there. It was happening under his watch. He got Johnny Housen at the back. When we had Randolph, it was still happening. Obviously, we got. Young, well, we had Pears playing, and we had another foreign keeper, Dian Sianovic, coming who maybe doesn't, he's not going to have the same kind of aura as Randolph does when he's in goal. But I think that's one of the negativities to take away from the season is that 
we've not been well since Tony Pulis left. We just seem to have forgotten how to defend, and that's been one of the the, the main problems. If you're looking at the season as a whole, so obviously there's been some points made about Middlesbrough that all the uh, it, it happened all throughout the season. They are X number of points worse off this part of the season than they were under Tony Pulis, and it's yes, well that may be the case, but you think Pulis is point was untenable so he wouldn't have been playing any better with him there we, had, we agreed we had to rebuild because of the financial situation so there's all these stipulations to the things happening and you see those stats and you get fans who go oh well this is crap we need Woodgate out but it's well you need to understand that there are circumstances behind it that make it happen but again if you told somebody at the start of the season you were going to finish you're going to finish uh, 19th in the table Come the end of the season, obviously, they wouldn't have believed if you told them that they had a shortened season because of the virus. But I think it would have been, it would have been a hard pill to swallow for a lot of fans, and it has been because fans didn't want a lot of fans didn't want Pulis to continue on as manager. But they expected a bit better than we got from Woodgate so far this season. And I think even sometimes when we have lost or we have drawn the game, like say you can see the last minute goal, you think, well, the team hasn't played terribly. Before that, and there has been some times where we've played awfully this season, not creating chances, and etc. But I think there is just there has been times where you think, okay, we've played okay, but we just don't have the the nous and the experience to see out the game. So hopefully that's something that improves going forward uh, into the future seasons uh, when hopefully football will be back. But let me say, looking ahead to future seasons. What are the what 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 you say? Okay, so let's say the season's ended now. That was our season review. Uh, if we're going to give the season a grade, that season that's just gone, we'll give it a give it a C, C, a C plus, because I don't know, I don't know, <laughs> maybe a C minus, but so because it was it wasn't as good as we wanted it to be. I'll give it a C plus because it wasn't as good as we wanted it to be, but there was some signs there that cause for positivity. But like like I said at the beginning of this, if we lost that last game, I'd be giving it an F. Because we'd be in the bottom three, and if the season was going to end and we might be relegated, then you'd be thinking, well, he's done a rubbish job. So it just goes to show how that win has changed. My uh, outlook, at least, if not everybody else's. But yeah, looking ahead to next season, what needs to happen for Middlesbrough to improve? Well, some obviously some personnel moves need to happen for uh, the team to improve. Ne- need some, some overhaul. Obviously, we don't want to be changing it massively because we've played well with the young talent we want to still give them a chance but I think some overhaul needs to happen goalkeeper position I'd say still have the um, competition between Ainsley Pears and Dejan Stianovic obviously Stianovic had that last game against Charlton where he was able to keep a clean sheet looked uh, looked like he did well uh, BBC T said he had one shot to make uh, one save to make sorry uh, which he saved well but uh, let the competition ha- happen still. You've invested a million pounds into one of the keepers. Having that tied up there instead of the five million you had for Randolph is that's definitely acceptable for a team that's rebuilding and uh, you've got on the cheap. Right backs, you've got you, you've got three guys that can play right back now. You've got Spence, uh, Dyke Steele, and you've got Housen. And you think maybe Dyke Steele is probably the only guy who will continue to play fully as right back if you were to play a four back like Middlesbrough were towards the towards the end of the campaign there. Um, Dyke Steele, he's played okay for us. He didn't stand out. And obviously, compared to Spence's attacking talent, he's not got a lot 
in comparison to him. But maybe you can play Spence further forward, like was a plan for Coulson. Uh, Housen may return to the midfield role uh, if if he is resigned, because that was the point we were making before. Will, will he stay on there? I'd definitely like to see Johnny Housen come back. He's been, like I said earlier, he's probably been one, if not one A, for the best player of our season. And you think keeping guys who do well for you is important going forward. The only way I can see he doesn't come back, to be honest, is if someone like Norwich, if they come down and they want some experience in the Championship, or if Leeds, for sentimental value, go, we need some help in defensive midfield, slash, uh, we can cover it right back for Luke Ehrling. Uh, l- l- let's bring Johnny Housen in. And depending on his wages as well, it could they could obviously offer him more if they're in the Premier League, Leeds United, or if Norwich come down, they'll have the parachute payments where they can play, pay their former player more. Um, Alex Neal, also former... Uh, former manager of Johnny Housen at Preston could be interested, uh, but Housen's a pro's pro, isn't he? So, uh, and if <laughs> you think if people have got links to him, they may want him. But I'd like to keep him. If if we do keep him, he'd obviously be he'd may, he'd probably be the starting right back. I'd say you could push Spence further forward if needs be. If you don't sign another winger, or oh, Spence is an impact sub off the bench. So I'd start Housen at right back next season. Uh, Centre backs. He said Dale Fry is the only one who's going to be under contract next season because you've got Daniel Ayala and Ryan Shutton whose contracts expire and then you've got uh, Harold McCoody who will be returning to Etienne on loan. There was some talk in the French papers when we signed uh, McCoody that Puel would like him to stay on uh, stay on loan at Middlesbrough for the, the following season just because Puel, did, Puel uh, obviously the former... Uh, Southampton and then Leicester manager he joined uh, St Etienne during the during the season and uh, McCoody was signed at the beginning of the season so he wasn't his signing and then so will he actually want him in the squad I think having him out on loan uh, is would be a good marker for him so we may get McCoody back uh, and then I think we should re-sign one of Daniel Ayala or Ryan Shotton obviously Ayala Ayala would be the number one number one target for Middlesbrough. He's been at the club a long time now. He could he could take over as captain if George Friend was to leave. I'd say he'd probably be my choice for the club captain if that was to happen. As I saw all the dogs out. Oops, sorry. There you go. All the dogs are fine now. We've got three Bijons and we're just all sat around me here during the self-isolation. Uh, but is it Ayala would be my number one choice. To bring back, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be against bringing Shotton back. Cause he has played okay, but I, I wouldn't want to bring both of them back because they're they are aging. We do want to get younger in the centre back role. Uh, possibly bring somebody else in uh, during the transfer window. Ross Sykes was a name that I mentioned in a previous article about people who could sign. He plays for Accrington Stanley, tall centre back, formerly of Burnley. Uh, he could be available for quite cheap. Obviously, it's another League One player. And I, I was just previously berating us for signing. League One players thinking they could come in and make an impact straight away, but if you've got you've got Fry, Ayala, Makudi, and Sykes as your fourth centre back, then that that would be good enough to roll into next season with if you were planning on playing a um a two a four four defence formation. If you are planning on playing the three, then you could maybe bring Housen back into the centre back role, which he excelled in, and then promote Nathan Wood or look to bring somebody else in on loan, maybe a Tossing Arado Yo Yo. Uh, he could maybe come in and do a job, the Man City centre back. Obviously, Woodgate has his links with Man City. They're bringing in Patrick Roberts and Lucas Nemecha this year. Uh, left back. Left back is an interesting one because you've got two guys out of contract who can play left back in Marvin Johnson 
and George Friend. Uh, personally, I love what George. I love what George has done for the club. He's been an amazing servant, but I think his time's passed to uh, play for us. And if we are serious about, uh, if Woodgate is serious about, okay, we are getting younger. We need to move forward and progress. Then I don't think he can. I don't think he can, he can, with a straight face, keep George Friend and say he is a player good enough to start for Middlesbrough on a consistent basis. Uh, if he was to be offered a, a short-term contract, which would then see him take up a role in the backroom staff or just to be a locker room slash dressing room uh, voice and somebody who could uh, boost morale, etc., I think that that's fine. Uh, but I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to designate a significant amount of wage to him. Marvin Johnson has done well recently, but I think he's probably replaceable. You can get somebody who can, who can do his job. Uh, I will miss him though. He's been he's been good this season. I miss calling him a down the line merchant, uh, as I often say to the people who sit near me at the games because he, he whenever he picks up the ball on the left hand side, he loves to play that larking ball down the line. Whether there's a runner there or not, that's all he does. <laughs> whenever he gets the ball I enjoy shouting down the line merching at him uh, when he inevitably passes the ball down the line but yeah he um, I think we could replace get a replacement for him maybe somebody young obviously you've got Mark Bowler coming back uh, from his loan at Blackpool you think okay maybe if you've got Coulson as a starting left back uh, you'd be okay although you may bring somebody in if you are planning on playing Coulson further forward unless Bowler has significantly improved enough when you get him in for pre-season if pre-season happens you can start him at left back uh, defensive midfielders, Clay and Adam Clayton, I believe. I believe Adam Clayton's also out of contract, and I, I think he's a similar to George Friend. Where if you can get him for a cheap deal, then yes, because you don't, you don't. I don't think many people are going to be interested in Clayton. To be honest, he's not going to be on high demand. Um, but he's played well recently, and he's somebody that you can have there. You know, can come in and give you a six to seven out of ten every game. He's not going to have a stinker usually. He's going to come in and do a good job for you. You've also got Paddy McNair, George Saville, who can play centre-mid, Lewis Wing, although he does like to play further forward sometimes. Uh, and I, so I, I think you're set for the defensive midfield kind of roles if you're thinking of playing a 4-2-3-1 like Jonathan Woodgate did against Charlton. I think you're, you're okay, you're set for defensive midfielders, although whenever Mills were bringing in an attacking midfielder, they tend to become a defensive player like Clayton, who scored goals previously. Uh, House and obviously you can play there. He was attacking, he was more attacking kind of role for Norwich and he's gone all the way back to defence. Saville was supposed to be a goal scorer. He's now playing, hold, uh, he's now like holding the ball up at the back as the uh, number four role almost. But you think, oh well, we can move forward. We can uh, move forward with our team as it is in the defensive midfield role. Uh, attacking midfielder slash wingers is somewhere that has needed to be addressed for a while. Um, there was some talk in the in the evening gazette about Patrick Roberts possibly returning for Middlesbrough next season. I think that would be an amazing coup if that could happen. We've almost kept him under our hats, Roberts, because he he was very close to breaking out and everybody saying how amazing he was uh, against Man City in the previous games before he got injured against Derby. I think it was Derby before he got injured because he won a penalty against Derby in the second half, so maybe it wasn't against Derby. Uh, if you know who it is, please tweet me at Dom Thomas Brown or at Hallgate Views if you know who it is. Uh, that he got injured against, let me know. Um, he, he he almost broke out, and if, and if he may have been noticed more if he'd played a few more games, but because he didn't, I think we've kept him under our hat well enough. So if the season's going to end, or if it's going to be pushed back, we might be able to get 
Patrick Roberts uh, on loan again next season. And I think that would be an amazing signing because he he's better than a team that's in the lower reaches of the championship. And I think he is uh, he's good enough to start for Leeds United, I'd say. I think he's up there with... I mean, obviously, we didn't see the, the the best out of Jack Harrison. I think they're seeing the best out of him. But I'd say Roberts is a better player than Jack Harrison. Uh, Lewis Wing, like we said, he can play in the attacking midfield positions. I'd like to see him play... I think I'd like to see him play a bit further back, to be honest. Because although he does well in the attacking midfield, he hasn't got the pace about him, really. And I think he plays better as a, a deep-lying midfielder, especially at home. He likes to play that role where he can dish the ball around. He, has to be, he was a bit poor towards the end of... Or the most recent games. It feels weird saying the end of the season when you're in, in March, but towards the last recent games we saw, it was misplacing some passes, looking a bit complacent when he was there. But I think he could he still does a role, still does a good job in that role. I'd like to see him a bit further back so we could bring in an attacking midfielder perhaps. Uh Marcus Tavernier may take that role up. He was playing uh wide midfield against uh Charles and he was playing wide on the right. Cutting inside on the left foot. Um, Tavernier is, is a, a tricky one because he, he he doesn't look comfortable when he's out wide. I think he looks a bit more comfortable when he's inside. So I think maybe... he's. I don't think he's been played there before. Obviously, I think the managers know more than me about where he's best to be played. But maybe the number 10 role would fit him the best because he likes to be inside. And you see uh, where I sit in the south stand at the Riverside Stadium, you can see that he should be out wide asking for the ball multiple times, but he's backing off and asking for the ball to his feet because he's not comfortable getting the chalk on his boots and being out wide, being on the line. He wants to be inside more so he can come in on the left foot. So maybe if he gets a number 10 role, he can be, he can have that freedom that he, he he almost takes upon himself when he plays right midfield anyway. So I'd say put him in the, put him in midfield in the number 10 role, see what he can do. And then left midfield or left wing, uh, Hayden Coulson is probably your number one shout, but he's probably also your number one shout for the left back as well. So that's going to be interesting. Uh, I think it would be, if you're thinking about this from a financial point of view, I think it would be more cost effective and cheaper to buy a left back or have Bowler come back in or maybe get some competition for Bowler in the left back role and then play Coulson further forward because he's more effective further forward. You can do your job at left back, but he's not the tallest, he's not the strongest. I think if you have. Coulson further forward, you can use his pace, and then you're gonna you don't have to spend as much money as you would have to to go buy a winger who can give you the kind of impact that Coulson had when he's up there. Strikers, uh, obviously a big point of contention this year for Middlesbrough. Uh, Fletcher, Fletcher, I really rate what Fletcher's done this season. After that uh, terrible miss against Huddersfield, he seems to have picked his head up and obviously scored quite a few goals during uh, the December January period. Kind of tapered off recently. I think he was carrying an injury for a few months. But uh, obviously with his time off, hopefully that'll be good for next season. Uh, Rudy Gassed's also out of contract this this summer. I would not give him another contract. As uh, Even though he's done well for us in these past few games, I think he's definitely replaceable in terms of what he can do for the, t- for the team. Uh, and if Woodgate wants to play the progressive kind of attacking football... I think having Gisted on the bench is all is almost a, a bad influence on Woodgate because it's it's like oh well we're one nil down in the seventy fifth minute let's throw Gisted on and as soon as Gisted enters the pitch it just becomes route one City and it just becomes all right I've got the ball as a centre back I'm going to absolutely hoof it upfield and hope Gisted gets his head on it and then he doesn't and it breaks down or he does and we don't get the flick on which is what happens nine times out of ten. I think if we don't have him, then Woodgate will be forced almost to stick to his plan more. 
you're forced to stick to his plan of playing attacking football, going forward, down the wings, using the width, uh, getting the nice one-twos in play, and then maybe we can create more goals that way. But he was good to bring off the bench, maybe in the last minutes. But like we say, it was almost a bad influence because Woodgate just reverted to that straight away when we were losing. Uh, and I think he can get better production because he's probably on. We bought him when we were in the Premier League. I'd put, I'd put a lot of money on the fact that uh, Rudy said earns upwards of twenty thousand pounds a week from the football club, and obviously he's been at been at the club. Uh, was it three and a half years, two and a half years now? Long time. He, he'll have earned nearly two million pounds out of Steve Gibson's back pocket, and I think to give him give him another contract wouldn't be right because, like I say, he's done well recently, but he can be easily. I think his job could be done by somebody like a a Tom Eaves who plays for Hull, or even a. Tom Pope, who plays for Port Vale and was tweeting about uh, John Stones last season. That's, that seems like an absolute age away. That, that was the FA Cup, wasn't it? That seems like an absolute eternity away. Now sitting here in my in my front room uh, <laughs> during the quarantine with, for the coronavirus. But like you say, I hope this uh, little podcast I've put together has been uh, it's been helpful for you guys. Just to kind of take your mind off things that have been going on. Have a little think about the borough. Obviously, I'm severely missing the football uh, lately. I, I like to put a little accumulate a bit on at the weekends, maybe five pounds something like that. And I, I'm missing doing that. I'm missing. Uh, I'm missing going to the games. I'm missing the atmosphere around. I'm missing the talk and the transfer news. I'm not missing us losing. To be honest with you, I'll, I'll say that I'm not missing the fact that we were we had one win in our last twelve. But uh, that, that said, like I said earlier on, that win came at a very important time. But thank you very much for listening to the podcast. I hope you did enjoy it. Let me know if you've got any ideas for the podcasts coming up in the future. Uh, and if you've listened this far, uh, please do tweet me. I, I, I would appreciate that. Uh, tweet me at Holgate Views, which is the uh, Twitter account for the, uh, Views from Holgate, or my personal Twitter account is at Dom Thomas Brown. I do hope you've enjoyed it and I hope to catch you again soon. See you later.